Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Intersex podcast. My name is Joanne Roberts and as a child I received a diagnosis of androgen insensitivity syndrome which is known as an intersex condition. The title of this episode is Secrecy and Relief and uh, I would like to talk a little bit about the um, aspects of my experience pertaining to um, secrecy and feeling um, a need to be secretive about my uh, childhood diagnosis and um, also the relief that was felt when I finally um, spoke to other human beings about these experiences. So in order to uh, illustrate what it is I'm talking about and to sort of uh, get the ball rolling on uh, on this topic, I'm going to start with a couple of quotes. And these were quotes from um, one of the consultants or the main consultant who dealt with me throughout a childhood as regards to the uh, diagnosis that the medical profession gave me. And um, there's a couple of them. So the first one is um, his quote. One can obviously empathise with her parents' wish to keep the matter strictly private. And then the second one, uh, I'll give a bit of background so that it makes sense. Um, He's talking about how much or how little information my parents uh, should give me should have given me in childhood regarding the uh, androgen insensitivity diagnosis and at one point I think they had to tell me a certain amount because I was asking lots of questions about my hospital visits and they'd given me some information my parents had which was not obviously a full explanation of the condition itself so it was a sort of um misrepresentation of the truth shall we say uh, which they believed was the right thing to do at the time however in response to this uh, this consultant has written in a letter i am sure it is neither necessary nor appropriate or advisable to go further than that at this stage and of course it may never be appropriate to give joanne the fullest information about her underlying problem So I think you can agree from listening to both of those quotes that that consultant was encouraging secrecy. It's absolutely incontrovertible. He he literally says in, you know, explicit terms, it may never be appropriate to give Joanne the fullest information about her underlying problem. Of course, the, the wording itself kind of stinks, underlying problem. But the point I'm trying to make here is that There is a history of the medical profession encouraging secrecy when it comes to their treatment of what they call disorders of sexual development, hitherto known as intersex conditions. So um, I have to sort of be honest here about my part in it and say that I very much bought into that. So for a very long time, I actually refused to talk about it with anybody, including even members of my own immediate family. I uh, completely uh, shut down. I refused to talk about it with anybody. I refused um, to get involved with a support group that was around at that time. And uh, and when I was asked about it, I would uh, pretend to be okay and would usually give a stock answer of it's fine. Uh, when I was asked 
anything to do with the sort of mental and emotional aspects of that. There also wasn't a great deal on offer uh, from the medical profession as regards to counselling at that point in time. I think at one time I was referred to possibly a child psychologist but what happened was they ended up writing back to my parents and saying well because of how specialised this is there's nothing we can really do. So they were basically wiping their hands of responsibility and saying well because this, uh, as they would see it, medical condition is so rare and because the nature of it and what it is is so out of the ordinary, it's beyond their skill set to be able to help somebody whom is affected by this. And um, that's, I guess you might say that's a cop out. Uh, some would probably say, well, that's understandable. It's just quite out of the ordinary. You know, there's different ways of looking at it. I see it as a cop-out. So there was absolutely no speaking to a psychologist at all in my childhood. It wasn't until I got into, I think, uh, late adolescence before I spoke to a psychologist for the first time. So I would like to talk a little bit about the toll it takes on a person when they engage in secrecy. I've spoken a little bit about how I went along with this idea of secrecy and refused to talk about it and generally treated it like a dirty secret and I've also spoken about how the medical profession including the consultant that I personally had encouraged secrecy but I want to talk now about the toll that it takes on you. When you have a part of yourself, a part of your experience, a really really significant part of your experience that's had quite a, a, a large effect on your life and has played quite a big part in your life whether good or bad and you are kind of forcing yourself to shut that down and forcing yourself not to talk about it, it takes an absolutely enormous toll on you. Uh, you're, it's like carrying it around for all time and it, it literally feels like that. It feels heavy and burdensome when you're um, not speaking about it or you're, you're having to treat it like something secretive. Not that this kind of thing would come up in normal conversation but there are significant points in your life when this would naturally come up and you would naturally be inclined to talk about it. So one such instance was in adolescence when all of the um, the girls that I was at school with were starting to menstruate and of course they thought that I was a biological female like them and thought that I was going through the same experience. What happened was because I had attached to the idea that I should not talk about this, I went along with it and pretended that I was going through the same thing. Now obviously um, there's there's no sort of equivalent experience. Um, the experiences of intersex people are kind of unique in that sense because they're from an early age being steered along a particular line even if it's the the wrong one and they're kind of going along with that and for people like myself who were diagnosed with androgen insensitivity syndrome and were raised from birth or many of us were raised from birth as girls and we don't talk about it and we've sort of condemned it into secrecy then we inevitably end up going along with certain things because we think 
um, that's what we're supposed to do. So when I was at sort of late primary school, early high school, if the subject of periods came up, you know, I would sort of go along with it and pretend that I was a part of it, even though I obviously wasn't, because my uh, chromosomes are XY, and therefore that makes me a biological male. There really is no precedent for this, because... Uh, it's it's literally the case of somebody who has male chromosomes being raised from birth as a girl and there are very few examples like that uh, in our society. It's so vastly out of the ordinary that there isn't really any sort of insight into how this should be dealt with or how it should be approached. The medical profession at the point in time during my childhood were encouraging secrecy and actually encouraging my parents to not tell certain family members. And that consultant even encouraged um, withholding information from myself, which has got to be some sort of uh, issue of medical ethics. It's like I've said before in these podcasts, if it were any other group of people, this would never stand. If there were any other group of people that were treated in that way, there would be um, lawsuits and they would be successful. But because of how out of the ordinary this um, is, it's it's sort of accepted. If the so-called normal people of the world got a copy of their medical file and there was a part in it about a, co- a consultant paediatrician that they saw during their childhood suggested deceiving them about a quite significant and life-changing medical condition that would be considered malpractice beyond any shadow of a doubt but because of the nature of this and because of the underlying attitudes behind their words and actions it's uh, accepted and they get away with it. So it feels very very heavy and burdensome to carry around such a, a considerable secret and you're having to sort of file it away and not talk about it. Or at least I felt I had to. And I was more or less suppressing it, trying to suppress it, trying to deny it, trying to disown it, and that doesn't work out well for you. And I continued along that path into adulthood, and the strain of it became greater and greater as time wore on, until eventually in my 20s, I was involved with being interviewed for a newspaper article about intersex people and I was interviewed along with a group of other people who had also received a diagnosis of androgen insensitivity in childhood. What I began to realise was that as I spoke about it and as I allowed other people to share in my reality and as I began to sort of lift the the secrecy veil, I began to feel better and I began to feel a sense of relief. I would imagine that the heavy toll that it takes on you to keep something like that secret for many, many years, sometimes decades, is not dissimilar to the toll it takes on gay people when they're trying to hide the fact that they're gay from the people around them. I've certainly heard stories about that from the past and They've said that, you know, it takes a heavy toll, it it, it drags you down, it, it just generally doesn't feel good to have to hide 
actively hide an aspect of your experience, an aspect of yourself from others. It, f it feels really sad and shameful. After all, it's not like it's a choice. So I was interviewed for one of the broadsheet newspapers and it was a reasonably decent piece of journalism. Um, I can look back on it now and, you know, there's maybe the odd detail here or there in what I said that I might change, but generally speaking, I think it was a pretty reasonable piece of journalism. And along with that experience, there was a feeling of liberation because I had not just spoken about my experiences, I had spoken about them in a very public way and knew that there would be people who would read about what I had went through and that felt very liberating and quite empowering because it's obviously nice to share your experiences with other human beings. And it was not long after that that I told quite a few other people in my life as well and obviously with every person that I told the burden lifted slightly and the, the sort of heavy weight bearing down on you when you feel like you have to keep an aspect of your life experience uh, closeted away like it's some dirty thing to be ashamed of that sort of burden and that sort of sense of shame and secrecy gradually began to lift and there was a feeling of intense relief because of that. When it comes to these matters I would always advocate for openness and honesty and people having open honest dialogues with each other about this subject. I would always advocate for that because I've personally lived through how um, very sad and distressing it can be to have to keep this um, sort of secret and the strain that that puts on you. If I were talking to a child or young person who was going through what I had went through earlier on in life, I would say to them that um, it would be a good thing for them to speak about this and to not hold back from doing so because you're afraid of getting hurt like I did because you can't avoid these things in life, unfortunately. There will be times when you'll open up to people and um, you end up getting hurt as a result of doing so or maybe somebody won't respond exactly how you would like them to or maybe somebody will, in some very rare cases, although I don't think most people are like this, they may um, distance themselves from you because of it. I don't think that's super common. But I wouldn't hold back from vulnerability because of that. Obviously, be gentle with yourself if you don't feel ready to take that step. You don't have to, but it's always something that you can uh, build up to. And you can start off in a small way and maybe just tell one person and confide in somebody. And you can tell them about it in whatever terms you want to tell them. Um, obviously, there's a bit of debate amongst people as regards to whether this should be given a medical context or some other context um, I would say it's down to the individual how they want to view this um, I'm sort of somewhere in the middle of that um, I can understand why many people feel drawn towards giving it a medical context because it makes it easier to explain it to people that way so I do understand that but you can explain it to people in whatever way suits you best and maybe just start off in a small way. Maybe just tell one person in your life that you would like to entrust that information to and explain what it means to you and the part that it's played in your life and how you feel about it and this kind of thing. And it's 
yeah, very empowering and liberating to to talk about these things. I don't, I'm not in favour of stigma. It was one of the better decisions that I made in my life to talk about this and to stop treating it with secrecy. And um, when the topic comes up and it relates to stuff like, you know, childbirth or periods or stuff relating to gender and there's an opportunity for me to mention it, then I will do so. I don't volunteer the information to people, but if there's an appropriate point at which I could mention it, I will do so. And also another important point that I would like to make here is there's a lot of emphasis nowadays um, on the concept of pride. And there's a lot of people that might think that me talking about this and um, sort of discussing whether you should open up to others is is um, is tame by today's standards or that it's not a big deal. Well, actually, it is a big deal to some people. I should point this out. If you've been through the experiences that I went through where the medical profession behaved towards you the way a lot of medical professionals behaved towards me and the, the shame is sort of driven home, as it was with a lot of the experiences I had, such as, you know, being being photographed, you know, in certain ways. Um, there is going to be a lot of shame. There is no getting away from this. But I guess my advice that I'm imparting here is don't be ashamed of being ashamed. If, if you felt that way, it's the result of what you went through. And that doesn't mean that you have to continue to identify with that you can disidentify from that and you could start to view yourself in a more positive light. You could start to view your body in a more positive light. If you have internalized shame, you have to be able to be open and honest with yourself about that, as I'm trying to do. You can't force pride, unfortunately. Any therapist would tell you, you can't go from shame to pride in the blinking of an eye. It would be nice if you could, but it's something that you have to work towards. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make here. So um, those are some of my um, thoughts that I wanted to convey on the subject of uh, secrecy and relief relative to the intersex condition of androgen insensitivity.